0: everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Gluck, and I'm so happy to be joined by my friend Holly Kane from NASCAR.com. Holly, how are you?
1: I'm great. I'm glad to be here. I'm honored to be here, Jeff.
0: No, I'm super stoked about this. Now, Holly, we're in a room at Dover International Speedway and we we had to have a choice here. There was a chair with wheels and a chair with no wheels. You chose the wheels chair. Why is that?
1: I'm fairly restless and I like to be able to get around and move. So I had to go for the, the
0: mobility. Okay. So if there's any, if you hear Holly spinning across a room at some point, just taking the, the chair at the wheels for the for a spin, um, that's, that's what that noise is. But Holly, um, Kyle Busch went for a spin, not the caution kind today, but he went for a spin around Dover and he did it faster than anybody else. But I really didn't see that coming because with 60 laps to go, I actually tweeted, Oh, this is Chase Elliott's race to lose with no caution. Actually, I didn't even say that. I just said he's going to win pretty, pretty much. But he didn't. And um, and I think you thought that too because you were in his pits for the end, getting color and things like that. Were you as shocked as I was that of how that race turned out?
1: Well, I think I was, and I can tell you sitting there, I, the the crew certainly felt that way, too. And it was really interesting. I was there for about the last 25 laps of the race, and you could kind of, you know, you feel the tension. And some of the guys want to watch, uh, you know, the cars on track. Some are glued to the television screens at part of the pit box. And uh, I was watching Jeff Gordon was sitting up high in the pit box uh, atop it. And uh, so it was it was really I I was thinking this was going to be it, that that Chase was going to get it. And um, sure enough, it did not happen for him. And I think uh, he was shocked. I think they were shocked and um, maybe even Kyle Busch a little bit. Yeah.
0: So what was the reaction then? And you probably put this in your NASCAR.com story, which I apologize. I haven't read yet, but I will after this. What was the reaction in the pits, I mean, in that final lap? I mean, I'm sure you're getting ready to say, oh, my gosh, you're about to celebrate, and then did you even know, like, did you see what happened when it happened?
1: Well, I was watching the big screen, and then I saw, and I could tell, I mean, it was just a matter of some of the guys, you know, took their hats off, and some of them were, you know, pushing their, you know, putting their heads down, and and obviously being very upset, and uh, Jeff kind of just, you know, took his headset off, and it was very matter-of-fact, and, you know, it, I felt very bad for them because you could tell they were very keyed up and they were thinking, well, this is finally going to be the one. And Chase has obviously come so close in his young career to getting that first win, and today looked like it was going to be.
0: Yeah, you know, it's so weird in these situations because uh, you sort of, first of all, you feel terrible for the guy. He's come so close, as you said. And I think everybody in NASCAR... You know, he's very popular already and he hasn't even won yet. At the same time, he's not closing these races out. And so it kind of comes down to, oh, like, okay, do you want to tiptoe around the facts that, you know, he's coughed up a few and be like, oh, darn, you know, he's just going to get one one of these days or really say, look, dude, I hate to say this, but he's doing it to himself. I mean, Kyle Busch came in here afterwards and laid it out pretty perfectly. And I know this is cringeworthy for people that really don't like Kyle Busch mouthing off and do like Chase Elliott, but he said... You have a four second lead, and the leader gains that uh, you and the other car gains that much time on you. You've got to do something different. You've got to move around. And Chase Elliott was sticking to the bottom, even in lap traffic. He was trying to make the bottom work. And Jimmy Johnson tried to vouch for him after the race. And he said, look, the the bottom here, all these races that Jimmy Johnson's won, 95% of the time, that's the way to go. But it wasn't working. The leader's coming and Kyle's making time on the top. Why, why not move to the top? You know, you just want to like, it's one of those, it's like a horror movie. You see it coming. You want to yell at the TV, move, you know?
1: Well, I agree with you. However, I would say we have to remember He's 21 years old. This is only his second season, and I think it is, and this is, you know, the playoff elimination race, and so I feel like it's easier for us to sit there and say, and you know, how many of these races has Kyle Busch won? How many has he been in? He's won a championship. You know, he can kind of say it, and Jimmy can kind of say it, but um, I really don't know. I I, I feel like I feel like Chase was doing everything that he thought he should have done, and I know he gets so frustrated. He's very hard on himself, as you know, Jeff. Um, The hardest of all, I think, on himself. So I'm sure he's going to be like, I should have done this, I should have done that. But I think we have to also remember this is only his second full season. He's only 21 years old, and I'll tell you what, he's he's not going to make the same mistake twice.
0: Well, and that's a great point because, I mean – if he's in this situation again, and he really hasn't had many races where he's been leading with that many laps to go and in control of the race. Um, If he's in this situation again, I bet he's going to be thinking about like, okay, do I need to move up more? You know, is this working? If the leaders, you know, if I'm losing time, maybe I need to do something else. So um, yeah, I think you're right in in that, in that aspect. Um, But so let's go back to the other element of this. When, when you were saying you were in the pit box and Jeff Gordon's there after the race. So, you said you you saw him, you know, walk away, and I think I must have picked him up when you were uh, when you had left. Because so I I'm trying to watch Newman because I think you know Newman gets eliminated, and so I see Newman and he's it looks like he and Gordon are joking around or smiling or something. So I take my phone out to take a picture, and all of a sudden I'm like getting close. I'm like, oh, it's a cool picture, you know. Gordon's you know saying, oh, nice try to Newman or something, <laughs> and then I I hear Newman going, uh, watch what you say, buddy. And and Gordon's like, whoa, like, I you know, I think you're taking that the wrong way. He's like, no, I'm taking it as you're a smart ass or something. And I'm like, whoa, what just happened? And then, like, Gordon walks away. I'm like, what? This is crazy. So apparently, from what we saw on NBCSN, it looks like Gordon basically made a comment saying, like, wait, you know, you cost Chase Elliott the race kind of like, thanks a lot. Um, was that out of line or is that, a, is that fair game, A fair criticism of Newman, do you think?
1: Well, here's what I would say. It does not completely surprise me that Jeff Gordon, you know, would feel that way. I think he was obviously disappointed probably frustrated. He kind of indicated that when I went back and listened to my interview with him before he had walked down and seen Ryan Newman. And let's face it, I mean, he is a fantastic champion, but he also has a very fiery, um, you know, passion for this. And we've seen that throughout his career. So he's not going to shy away from saying something if that's how he really felt. And then you and I both saw in the end, everything was fine and hunky-dory and they were walking out of the track together and there were no hard Feelings and everything was good, but um, it was very interesting for a few moments there.
0: It was, and I actually really like that a lot. Like, I I love the emotion of this. The one thing you can say about this playoff format, the elimination format, it puts guys in positions that you just don't normally see in the regular season. And I know a lot of this had to do with Chase Elliott Racing for the win, and that wasn't necessarily tied to the playoffs, but Newman's position was certainly tied to the playoffs, trying to race that hard at the end. And I love that a retired driver is going to get in there. And, um, you know, obviously he it, – Then it's weird because there's somewhat of a conflict of interest because he's with Fox Sports and all that stuff. But I think Fox knew when they hired him that he still has a vested interest in the 24 team. He's sitting on their pit box. It's not like he's trying to hide that. So it's kind of like, yeah, you know, you're just kind of used to seeing that stuff in NASCAR. But, you know, it's I, I love the emotion. I think it was probably a heat of the moment thing for Gordon. As you said, they walked out together. It looked fine, and Newman obviously has the right to be upset because he's raising his guts out there. You don't know what's going to happen with two laps to go. Maybe some two guys are going to collide. He's going to pass them on the last lap. He only needed two points. So Newman can be very difficult, hard-headed. Um, as Kyle Petty, I think, said, you know, when he gets his shoulders up so far that his neck disappears even more. <laughs> the whole media center laughed at that when he said that. But, um, you know, I, I think Newman, we, we got to uh, say in this in this time that, you know, he was just racing hard and he was doing what he had to do.
1: Well, and I think that's obviously what Ryan would say. And clearly Ryan and Jeff talked and, you know, that was kind of what came up. Everyone will have an interpretation based upon what their thoughts and their feelings and what they wanted to see as the outcome out of it. So it looked like all's well that ends well.
0: Yeah. Now, um, I didn't really talk to Kyle Larson about this after the race. I don't know if you got Larson at all. But, um, you know, this seemed to be heading toward a Kyle Larson show. And then I guess on the final restart or the uh, – yeah, it was the final caution, I think. That was the last – that turned out to be the last caution. Um, he turned off his motor to save fuel, turned it back on, didn't work, lost five spots. Um, and so that ultimately probably cost him the race or at least a shot at winning. Um, is that another – Do you, I mean, do you view that as like a mistake or is that something that just – Happened to his car any idea
1: I really don't know because I didn't have a chance to speak with him right after the race but I am very curious about it and even so I felt like there was plenty of time you know I guess I kind of expected he would work his way up a little bit more so I didn't necessarily think that in and of itself was kind of the end but you know all of these cars run so differently when they're running in traffic versus when they're out front and I'm sure that had a he would say I don't know but I would I would guess that must have had something to do with
0: it Okay, now Holly, you just moved, you just took advantage of the wheel, the the chair that has wheels on it, and you moved. I think there's cold air blowing your direction. Is that what happened?
1: That's exactly what happened. Nothing. Okay. <laughs>
0: okay. I didn't know if it had been something I said about Newman or something, but all of a sudden, Holly just <laughs> used the, the chair with wheels to just back up across the room, and I just didn't I didn't know what happened there. But I under, I feel like yeah, there's cold air blowing here. This is very odd.
1: And it's freezing in here. I'm a Floridian. We don't need any air conditioning.
0: Yeah. Okay. So you should here reposition yourself over here now. Okay. We're, we're just readjusting our interview setup. here. Yeah. I'll pull you over here. Okay. All right. This is better now. Is this better? Yeah. It's warmer over here.
1: Yes. I feel like my answers will be so much better now, Jeff.
0: Okay. Great. We're going to take the podcast up a notch. So um, I was looking at it and, you know, Okay, I, I did think Casey Kane was going to get past this round. I, d- I didn't think I don't Kurt Busch, um, Stenhouse. I thought would be out this round, so he he ends up making it because he gets a, a timely caution. We could talk about that in a sec. But um, so Newman and Dylan, I mean, who who among those guys that missed uh, were you most surprised about? Uh,
1: I wouldn't have been surprised if Newman had gone on. That that wouldn't have surprised me. I um. Uh, that was about what I expected, to be honest with you. Other than Newman, I was kind of, that was a throw up for me, whether it could be Ricky or it would have been Ryan. So that, that kind of played out and, and was as close as you'd expect. So that that, that worked out about right.
0: Yeah, it, you know, <laughs> Stenhouse, that that's one of the more lucky, sometimes things happen in the races and you say, well, if this happened, then this happened, this happened. But you can't always directly link it. In this case, you can directly say, that Jeffrey Earnhardt, who was five laps down at the time, spinning into the sand barrels, that saved Stenhouse, kept him on the lead lap, and then he got seven stage points in that stage one, and he only ends up making it over both um, Newman and Dillon by less than seven points. So there's your seven points right there. Jeffrey Earnhardt, puts Ricky Stenhouse Jr. into the next round. How crazy is that?
1: Well, that's certainly one way to look at it. I look at it as I'll have whatever Ricky's having for Pete's sake. That was a uh, very, uh, you know, good. I don't know if luck is exactly the word for it, but certainly those were fortuitous circumstances that no one would have predicted. And they had a huge effect, like you said, in the, in the outcome of, of the championship.
0: Yeah, I mean, he should go over to the casino across the track like one of the two of us, in this room may have done last night. Do you know anything about this?
1: I might know a little something about this, Jeff. And I have to say, it was one of uh, my better nights at the casino, so blackjack was good.
0: So <laughs> somehow your luck is the same luck that Ricky Sennaz Jr. had. I saw your wallet this morning, Holly.
1: Only this one time my luck is like that, I promise you. Okay.
0: So some one of the remaining drivers is gonna need some luck. Um, I don't really know if I'm changing my prediction. So my pre-playoff uh, predictions were Kyle Bush, Martin Truex Jr., uh, Kyle Larson, obviously, those three for Homestead. I mean, how can you pick against him? And then I was going Denny Hamlin for the last spot. I feel like I can't really change right now. You don't really – there hasn't been enough evidence to say that's not going to happen. So I'm going to stick with that. My pre-championship pick was Kyle Bush I'm going to stick with that as well. I don't know. I mean, it's 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 hard to tell, I mean, week to week. Martin Truex Jr go out to Charlotte and dominate Charlotte next week and say, "Oh, he's he's the guy to beat." But do you do you have any sense right now of who is your championship favorite?
1: You know, uh, we had nascar.com, they asked us to kind of fill out the grid all the way through with the 16 drivers, and I picked Jimmy Johnson to win it. And I still think he's kind of I don't know how a seven-time champion can be an underdog or somebody that isn't, you know, the first guy that everyone thinks of. But really, you're like you're saying, I mean, a lot of people are talking about Martin and Kyle and Kyle Larson. And um, I still think Jimmy's got a little something there that people are not, perhaps, taking into account. I mean, this is the reigning champion, a seven-time champion, and he knows how to do this. And I'll tell you what. Once whoever the four are that get to Homestead, then it becomes who runs Homestead well. And I think, you know, that's when we start looking into those people. And some guys run very well and some don't run so well. So that that's the big key in it all.
0: Yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, Jimmy Johnson was the fourth best car last year at Homestead and he ends up winning the title. I mean, you would think if Kyle Larson makes it to Homestead that he would have a pretty good chance. But Kyle Busch is great there also the it's odd i don't feel i'd have to look at the numbers but i don't feel like Truex is as good at homestead so that could somehow cost him in some ways is that does that sound right
1: well, I, I think that he, he doesn't have the same um, results as those other guys do, for sure. But, you know, he's, he's always sounded very optimistic and gung-ho about it. So it's not like he said, oh, if only we didn't have to finish the season at Homestead. He's never been like that. And I think he just feels so confident with this team, with this car, and frankly with the juju that they've got going on right now. So I, I think he's good.
0: I like the juju. <laughs> That's a good word
1: butterflies and (laughs) whatever I was asking the Xfinity drivers how they felt Uh,
0: yes you're you're coming up with some good catchphrases for this weekend Um, so speaking of Juju have you noticed that um, Martin Truex Jr.'s entire team including Cole Pern is growing uh, playoff beards in hopes of Juju
1: Ah, that explains it interesting like like the hockey players do
0: exactly because Cole Pern Canadian he's he's trying to channel the Juju
1: Well, I hope, uh, let's see what that does. You know, uh, we haven't really had that form of juju in NASCAR. How many more times can we say that?
0: (laughs) I just just like that word. Okay. So Holly, um, here's the thing. I think that this was not a bad Dover race at all. There's been some real stinkers of Dover races in the last few years. Then there's been some really good Dover races. I think this is going to be somewhere in the middle. However, I feel like people are going to discount that because Kyle Busch is the one that won the race. Like, let's say Chase Elliott had tracked down Kyle Busch and won coming to the white flag and, and you know, been, had this great win. Uh, I think people would have been like, in my was it a good race poll, they would have been like, oh, this is just amazing. You know, like yes, this was a good race. The fact that Kyle Busch was the one who ended up winning, I feel like it's not going to be as high. However, I don't know how, that, how many points that's going to take off from... good race so i'll let you go first when i post my poll what percent of people do you think are going to say yes that it was a good race
1: is this the percentage that i think it will actually be or what i think it should be
0: what you think it will actually be
1: oh man
0: how are people going to react to what they saw
1: you're so right about the kyle bush winning but i don't understand i mean he won with It was an exciting finish. I think it was a very good race. You had all sorts of people running up front. You had Dale Earnhardt Jr. having one of his best races that he's had in several months. But I see what you're saying. I I would think it's gonna be above 50%. I'm gonna go in the 60s, how about that? Somewhere in the 60% range, taking into account people that you think will discount it because of Kyle Busch winning.
0: Okay, so you're saying somewhere in the 60s, that's very vague, but I'll try to pin down an exact number and see see if you're tell me if you're going to go high, below or above this. I'll say, um, sixty four percent, sixty four percent will say it's a good race. Are you saying it's going to be above or below that?
1: I'll go a little higher than that. Okay.
0: All right, I can respect that. Well, um, speaking of higher, I'm going to talk about higher education, and that's my sponsor, <laughs> Sam Tech. Do you, do you like that transition?
1: Very nice. You are good at this.
0: So my sponsor Samtech, Sam Tech. They're in Houston, Texas. Sarah and I went down there um, before the whole hurricane thing happened, but I'm told that the hurricane fortunately didn't damage anything down there, but it's a school of automotive machinists and technology, and basically um, they train people who are your son Matt's age and above uh, they give them college education, and um, what they do is they try to place them in high-performance situations. So NHRE team, IndyCar, NASCAR, there's people like Hendrick, Rash that work there. They engine building, things along those lines. They learn all these mechanical skills, and so they can end up either going the racing career. I mean, it's more geared toward racing, but you can also learn skills that, like, help you in other careers. Like, you could go to Boeing because you're learning how to do these machine parts and stuff, so... That's my sponsor, I just wanna talk about them. Is that cool?
1: I think that's really cool, and you know what? I will say as a journalist that covers racing, and I imagine you definitely get the same thing, Jeff, how many times I hear people saying, how could I do that? How could I get a job working on a team? How could I become a race engineer? How could I do that? So here's the answer.
0: That's right, and you can go to samtech.edu. Thank you, Holly, if you wanna learn more about that. So Holly, now we need a hashtag so people can discuss what we've talked about. I feel like either a ch- the chair with wheels should play a part in the hashtag or some sort of juju um, because we, we spoke about that. Do you have any ideas for what, what we should make for our hashtag?
1: Yeah, I like the juju thing. I think we should go with that. I mean, uh, really, I'm, I'm willing to bet that this entire season you will not have another opportunity to use that, Jeff.
0: Okay. How about this? How about, (laughs) I'm pretty sure this hashtag will have never been used in Twitter history. How about hashtag chair juju? So, (laughs) okay. So chair, J-U-J-U. That's how you spell juju, right? Isn't that how you spell juju?
1: Yes. Yes, That's how I spell it.
0: (laughs) Holly, thanks so much for joining us. Where can people um, tweet at you and find you online and all that stuff?
1: My Twitter name is underscore Holly Kane, and Kane is spelled C-A-I-N. So it's underscore H-O-L-L-Y-C-A-I-N. And they can uh, read my writing on NASCAR.com.
0: Sounds good. And you can also have Holly take you out to dinner with all the winnings she had from the Dover Casino. (laughs) Thank you, everybody, for listening. And I'll talk to you soon on the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast.